The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome to Parenthood. Your life does not end here. Hi, I'm Chriselle Lim, mother of two. And I'm Sarah Son, also a mother of two. We are longtime friends and now mothers. This is Being Bumo, a podcast about all things parenting. We want to have honest conversations about motherhood so we can each define it for ourselves. We're here to build our village and we hope that you join us. I mean, I think we all have egos. I have an ego. So big. So, you have a big ego. Oh my God, mine's so big. But, I know. But I'm good at hiding it or no. <laughs> no. You're pretty good at masking it. <laughs> so am I. Pretty good I'm at like, being humble. I'm, I'm very not humble. humble. Not humble. <laughs> So today, guys, we are going to be talking about parent ego because we all have it. We all unknowingly parent our kids sometimes through our egos. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be talking about it. And a lot of it has to do with competition, which is something that we are going to go deep into today. So this might make some people upset. I know. I, and I'm sorry we keep bringing up topics that might upset you <laughs> from the vaccines to everything, really. Yeah. Yeah, everything. But I think this is why people love us because we're not um, afraid to get there. So I, there's nothing else to talk. If we don't talk about this, like what else are we going to yeah. talk about? I mean, yeah. So let's get right into it. So kind of backstory on this. And this is a conversation that I had with Sarah at the horse ranch, horse barn, about a year ago. Mm -hmm. For those of you that don't know, both of our girls ride horses. They are horse fanatics. Mm. And so naturally, because Chloe is a few years younger and I haven't been introduced to sportsmanship, this is my first time ever, I asked Sarah. So because, by, by the way, her daughter is incredible. Like, your daughter is incredible. <laughs> like, probably the best I've seen at the barn at her age. Uh, and all the teachers applaud her for that because she's so incredibly talented, just oh, maneuvering the horse. She's so confident. You could tell that she loves it. So naturally, I was like, so when is she going to compete? That mm -hmm. was my question to you. And mm -hmm. you said, why would I make her compete? Yeah. And I honestly was not expecting that answer because yeah. in my head, if someone is that good and if someone is in lessons every single week consistently and is training you are training for a competition like that's what I had in my head right yeah and then I want you to explain what you explained to me because it really opened up my eyes to how to view you know sports and competition and all of that I I think that the biggest reason is that she loves it so much that I don't want to ruin it for her mm. it's just Comp and she, you know what? I, this is not me saying it. I don't know much about riding, but the teachers do think that she's a very strong rider. She, for whatever reason, has really strong legs. So that's important to really be able to hold on to the body of the horse. Mm -hmm. And then, and that's kind of your foundation. And then the top is very flexible. You're mm -hmm. going with the horse, but you need a very strong foundation. You, you need your legs to really like brace the body of the horse to stay stable. Mm -hmm. And for whatever reason, Sophia has really strong legs for an eight-year-old. So she's been able to really improve in her writing. And I can see her joy every time she gets on that horse. And I just don't want to ruin it for her because mm -hmm. competition, 
I mean, there's pros and cons to competition. Yeah. And my kids compete in other things. Like they play AYSO soccer and things like that. But if I can hold on for as long as possible so that she can do it because she loves it, I'm just, I just prefer that. Boom. Be- I love that. I love that. Okay. Good. I, I, that, that, you know what I mean? Because once the competition thing starts with like who got first place and who got second place and who gets the trophy and it's just such a weird thing to add to kids. I mean, she's eight. She's not like 12 or 14. I don't know. I don't know when this thing starts to make sense, but it does not make sense at eight. And kind of going off on a tangent to adulthood because it's exactly what I hear people say all the time. Like, oh, I love art, so I'm going to make it into my career. Oh, mm-hmm. I love fashion, so I'm going to start a fashion company. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love... Mm-hmm. And guess what? Once she start it, you don't love it as much. <laughs> I'm sorry. You love it in a different way, in a mm-hmm. different lens. Like you view it in it as more of a business at that mm-hmm. point, right? Mm-hmm. And you kind of lose that that joy and that the soul that mm-hmm. used to light up when you get to do it for fun Mm. and you know this is speaking for myself as well I've been in fashion for the past like I don't know 15 20 years of my life Mm. and you know I'm I feel so so blessed but it's just different different and at that age if you could just keep her there you're so right why why do we have to rush into it right it makes no sense it it's almost it's counterintuitive to me to put her in a competition and make it about that because once they're aware then it's, you can't backtrack. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then what if she's like, I want to go compete at that and point. She, and she does say it because, you know, our barn, there's like the lesson group and then there's the com- the competition. Mm-hmm. The girls that are competing are right next to each other. Right. So my daughter is aware that those girls are competing and it's okay. And it's okay that she wants it. She wants a horse. I- I'm not going <laughs> to get her a horse, like a real horse. Yeah. It's okay for her to want things and to yearn for it. And that hopefully will push her to become a better writer. And I'm using all of that to build other things, confidence, discipline, you know? But I just don't, I I, I think I'm protecting her by not putting her in competition Mm -hmm. right now. And maybe in the future we will, but it doesn't make sense right now. So you would say you would become open to it as she gets older? I think so. I think so, yeah. Unless you as a mom... And this is where the parent ego comes in, right? Oh, where, yeah. okay, let, let's go I into that. I have to check my parent ego all the time for that because I do want her to get a shiny trophy because mm-hmm. she totally could. Yeah. But but why? There's no point. It makes no sense. It's just like a, a fruitless endeavor in some ways. I don't know. I, I just, I don't get it. Okay. So playing devil's advocate though, because now your oldest young is <laughs> competing, competing <laughs> for golf. In golf, and he just won the tournament. He did. (laughs) Number one, which is incredible. It was his first. So has your thoughts changed a little bit since that recently happened? Yes, and my husband and I feel very differently about competition. So Mm -hmm. I think really, and what we've come down to is reframing competition for our family Mm -hmm. because our family is competitive. We are Mm -hmm. just, all four of us are a bit of (laughs) A-types and we are working on our perfectionism and and all of that. But we have to reframe competition. And one of the ways we do it is by saying, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. But did you have fun? So Mm. that's like a really big thing, because obviously, they're not always going to win, and they're not always going to lose. So I think taking away, 
it's not about the result, but really about did they enjoy it? Did they learn something new about themselves? Are they getting better at the skill set that they were trying to work on? So mm-hmm. I think that was the same thing with my with my son with golf. He was actually a pretty solid golfer a year after taking lessons because he loved it. And he always just golfed with my husband because mm-hmm. they like to do that in the weekends. And when he started to become aware that there are competitions and tournaments, he did start to ask us. But even with him, we waited up until now that he's 11. Mm even though we could have done it earlier. And and we did some little local things. We have done it. So with him, just to be like, can he do it? Is this something that he can handle? So we did try like very small local things with like four or five friends just to see what, like just to gauge. And maybe that's, and that's, it's fine. But I think it's important to not make it about the competition. Yeah. It's more like we wanted to find out more about him. We wanted to see if he could do it under pressure a little bit and see if he could, you know, kind of go through that. Mm -hmm. That was the first kind of test we wanted. But it's just, it's not about winning. And as as long as the parents can be aware of that, then it's fine if they're in competition because it's really about, it's not about winning or losing. You know, it's about really maybe being able to go through all those things. And, you know, again, reframing competition as a way of, you know, increasing your skill sets and being able to do it under pressure and, you know, learning from other players and things like that. So if you can really make it about that, and that really is what is important to you, because that really is that really is what you're chasing after mm. is the fact that they can do it within those parameters, then I think it's it's great. But there's so little, you know, like. I think you're robbing a little bit of the love for the activity if you put them in competition too early. But what if, what if the parents, like their end goal is, because obviously it's the parents' end goal if at a young age, like, oh, this, my son or daughter is going to be a competitive player. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like the kids are necessarily choosing that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Again, parent, ego, not a good or bad thing necessarily, especially if you come from a, you know, a family of athletes or whatever. It's just kind of like what you're used to. Mm-hmm. But at that point, how do you... You know. You, you just know, know? You know. If your kid's not sleeping, if he, if everything about the sport is becoming anxious-ridden, if he doesn't want to eat, if he now he doesn't want to practice, you'll, you'll know. If, if, it, if it was an activity that he loved to do, you didn't have to prompt him for him to practice. And this is what we saw in golf with him. Mm. We didn't have to tell him to practice. He was always just putting and putting and putting. We got him that little putting thing mm-hmm. that you lay out in the backyard. Yeah. And he would like wake up and he would like go and, and putt. If that starts to switch, you know. You mm. know that it, you go. it's over your head. It's over his head. You know it's not fun anymore. You know it's not about him having fun and developing skills because he wants to. And now it's about... You know what's really hard too? It's the coach's pressure. Like then he, they want to do really well because they want to impress their coach. Yeah. And and that's good. I, I get that that's important too. But if that's the primary reason, no, then no. there's really, it's just, it's backwards. So, you know, you know, when it's, when they can't sleep, it's crazy to see how I'm actually surrounded by a lot of families who are very intense around this. And I also understand it. You want to give your kid all the opportunities and help them reach their highest potential. I, I understand that. But what is the cost, right? Yeah. And if if the cost is so high, then why? It, I think it's it's not worth it. And if it's really your ego because you want to be like, you know, you want to feel proud and show off that your kid can win and is so accomplished, I think you you don't get it. I'm yeah. so sorry, but as a parent, you are not getting what this is about. Yeah. yeah. Well, maybe Youngjin did win. 
because it was first of all, it was his very first competition. Yeah. And and one, he was having fun, but two, it's not like he's trying less than or practicing less if he was three years ahead of like practicing for competition. He was still practicing yeah. but without yeah. technically the competition pressure, right? Yeah. So yeah. maybe I don't know, maybe that there's more ability for him to feel like he was doing it for himself versus anyone else. And yeah. I don't know, maybe that's why he just was so good and had yeah. fun. And I think so too. I think it comes with maturity, right? Because mm-hmm. it's it's also unrealistic to expect a seven-year-old to understand these concepts, yeah. right? Doing something for yourself or not for the trophy or whatever. Yeah. But I don't know. I would say for us, for us, we want to, again, conserve that innocence, which is something that we talked about yeah. I think the first, first episode. And that's part of it. And then, you know, when they're ready, this world is so harsh, you're going to have to compete. Mm -hmm. But I think it's okay to just kind of help them develop their skills without putting them in competition. And then not every parent feels that way. And then reframing competition, as we kind of talked about before, at what point or actually, what did you say to him after he won? Because it's like Mm -hmm. you mentioned before that you don't want to you know, overemphasize the winning, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he did win, so you have to congratulate him. Mm-hmm. But then, how do you celebrate him without focusing on the win versus, you know, what yeah. if he lost? Right? right. So again, I think that's really what it is. So we really focus on the process or the progress. Like this was such a hard course. I can't believe you got through the course. Mm. But I'm so proud that you were able to get through that course. That's a really hard course you got through. And that's it. And I'm like, I'm so proud of you. Let's go get ice cream. And that's it. That's it. And that's the end of it. And not make it super. And not do the balloons don't, and don't like throw the a huge parade party. and get the band. <laughs> I mean, I wanted to because I was incredibly proud of him. I mean, your parent ego, <laughs> total parent ego. And I want to celebrate him. I want him to feel really big for him. But he's 11. Like you have to tame it down. I have to tame it down. But we do focus on. That, that course was really hard and you've never played, he's never played that course. Yeah. Because we only played the one course we've played. Yeah. Like you were so good at really understanding the holes before you took time to really assess the space before swinging. And those really are really important things that he needs to know before yeah. swinging that ball, that, that club to hit the ball, you have to assess the space, the speed, the distance, right? So really praising those things instead of winning or losing, because he probably, he might, he's going to lose many, many times. So we hope that that's not really what they focus on. Is he naturally, because I know that some kids are naturally really competitive in nature. Yeah. Is he one of those kids or is he not? He's medium, I would say. Mm-hmm. He's competitive. But he's not my daughter competitive. Yeah. She's way more competitive and she feels such a desire to win and she wants it. So how do we reframe competition? And again, I'm not here yet because my youngest is still three, but in the next few years, I'm sure I will. Yeah. And I feel like she would be very, very competitive because I could already see it within yeah. our well, the second, you know, child thing. <laughs> second child thing, yeah. our daily activities. Yeah. But how do you reframe competition in a healthy way for someone who is naturally so competitive? Okay. I think the biggest difference that I've noticed is to find coaches who feel the same way. You're going to, I think we found two types of coaches, one that are harsh, yelling all about the competition, which at some level you need. Yeah. I don't think we need an elementary school or I don't want to, I don't want that kind of coach Mm -hmm. for my kids. And then you're going to find coaches who really focus on love of playing, love of learning, love of sportsmanship, like learning to play with each other. 
So I think I think that's one thing to look out for. Yeah. Right? It's your actual coach because your kids are going to want to impress their coaches. Yeah. So then what exactly are you focusing on as a coach? And so like that sportsmanship, like losing well and then winning with, what is it called? With not humility, but with like, you know, being like losing Humble. graciously. Yeah. And uh-huh. also winning graciously, right? Mm. The other thing to, for us is for a kid to be kind of like number one in their school or their community or their state, if it becomes that way, there's a, there's still a cost. Like if your kid is, you know, if my kids are now doing a sport three, four times a week, the cost of that is maybe academics, mm. social life, family life. And is that something you want just because you want them to be in the championship group or whatever? Mm. Not really. I mean, I don't want that, right? Because now they have to practice Monday through Friday, they have to now spend four hours on Saturdays. I feel like, and I hope that we kind of not do so much that's taking away from family time. Mm, yeah, especially at a young age. Especially at a young right? age, yeah. So, I, I mean, mean, I think that's a good way to, you know, reframe competition and again, focus on the process and like developing skills, have parents check their egos and and then, I don't know, that's kind of what we do. Awesome. Well, let's take a break. Okay, I'm hungry. So I have some really picky eaters. Can any of you relate? They can spot veggies from a mile away. Honestly, mealtime has been kind of a struggle for that reason, but it all has recently changed as I discovered Once Upon a Farm, and I wish that I discovered them sooner. Once Upon a Farm is the leading baby foods and kids snack company offering organic, cold-pressed fruit and veggie blends, dairy-free smoothies, overnight oats, meals, and more. Once Upon a Farm products are made with whole, organic, farm-fresh ingredients and no added sugars, concentrates, or anything artificial. Each blend is cold pressure protected to lock in nutrients, natural textures, and super yummy taste. The new immunity blends are my personal favorites and also Colette's. They are made with nutrition-packed fruits and veggies like elderberry and dragon fruit and added probiotics to help support your little ones for the chili season and any other reason. Plus, they taste delicious. Immunity blends are clean label project certified, meaning they've been third party tested for over 400 environmental and industrial toxins, including heavy metals. It's packaged in a convenient grab and go pouch. Once Upon a Farm refrigerated blends are the perfect nutrient rich anytime snack. They're craved by kiddos and they're trusted by parents. Their subscription offering is fully customizable. So you can basically pick and choose from their wide variety of blends or meals and switch it up before every delivery. It's truly from farm to fridge, convenience without compromise. My daughter's favorite one is the pineapple, banana, and dragon fruit one. She wants one for breakfast, after lunch, and after dinner. She loves them so much. We just subscribe to get a custom assortment delivered to our door, so it's just one less thing that I have to worry about. Get started today and enjoy an additional 30% off your first subscription order. Use code BUMO at onceuponafarmorganics.com. That's onceuponafarmorganics.com. I have yogurt for lunch. Okay. Because do you know that as women, we need a ton of protein? Like really, that's what we should be consuming most of our day. Protein, protein, lean protein. So yogurt's protein? I did not know that. Wait, is that? 
Is that, <laughs> am I dumb? I no, not. you're not dumb because I think we don't think about it that way. We don't think about like yogurt is protein and calcium. Salmon is omega fat. He's like good fat. We don't think about food that way. We're just trying to enjoy something that we like. But as we get older, now I look at protein or food as I just break it down. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, that's protein, that's carbs, that's sugar, whatever, right? Anyway, so we need a lot of protein. I don't know what the exact number is. I think 100 grams or 200 grams a day. Can you explain to me? I don't understand this gram thing. So how much protein is that? So pretty much you should be eating protein at every meal. Mm. And like, like a decent amount of protein, like the size of your hand amount of protein. So like a full salmon for every meal, a basically. Yeah. Mm, that's yeah. heavy. That's no? a lot of protein. That's a lot, yeah. So I brought yogurt. Oh, um, okay. What yogurt, kind of yogurt do you do you eat? That looks kind of watery. That looks kind of gross. <laughs> it I'm does not look kind of gross. I'm sorry. I'm well, not. I'm going to eat it because I need protein apparently. Oh, gosh. Well, this has... <laughs> that does look gross. <laughs> it does look so gross. It looks like barf. I'm sorry. <laughs> And that's the thing with with yogurt oh. is that if you don't eat it right away, it just, it just melts. It just melts. Okay. But egg is protein. Egg is protein. So I eat a lot you. of eggs. Yeah. Egg is protein, but egg is very high in fat. Oh, is it? It is. No, only if you eat the yellow part. That's the true. Yolk. Only if you eat the yellow part. I actually hate the yolk. Oh, okay. Then you're fine. Okay. You're yeah. Right. I love the yolk. I know. I am that weird one that only eats the egg white. I know. No, no, no. I no. You're it's not, weird. weird. No, I think a lot of people don't like. My mom doesn't like the yolk. I love the yolk. Oh, okay. Okay, so then you're fine then. But apparently, we're supposed to be eating a lot of protein, calcium. Apparently, we're not getting enough calcium, Chris. Well, that's what calcium pills are for. No, that's true. Oh, I hate pills, but you're right. If you're not getting it, you should just yeah have the pill and then good fats like the good fats. I mean. We, I think women just in general are not getting enough nutrition, like the exact amount that we need. So yeah, I mean, I need to learn. We should bring on a nutritionist because I need to learn more about this. We're supposed to be lifting weights, less cardio. I know you're looking at me like I'm crazy right now. Lifting weights and less cardio. I, I, that's, I do the opposite. I know. So do I. I run and just on Pilates, but apparently we're supposed to be doing more lifting because I mean, I'm not. I'm super still very plump and very like, you know, perky. But everything just starts to sag, right? Uh-huh. So And lifting weights helps? Yes. We should bring on a trainer okay, for this fine. episode. Fine. I don't do trust it. this information you're giving me. Too bad because it's real information. <laughs> okay. So I brought a non-food item per usual. This is... So I've been traveling a lot, as you guys know. And this mm. is a travel fan diffuser. I know it's really silly. Oh, you have to actually... beautiful. Yeah, it's really compact. It's little. And pretty much you you could bring this anywhere. And I have such a hard time sleeping right now. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I I never had this. It's probably with age. As you get older, you just, you know, grandparents are just like, why do you wake up at 3 a.m.? You know, like, yeah. why are you so... That's, okay, you're not that old. No, I know. But I feel like I'm getting there because I literally wake up every three hours. And I can't oh go goodness. back to bed. But I got this and... Between this and I have been using a little bit of CBD oil at night, which I think has helped. And I'm still testing it out. So I'll let you guys know maybe on the next episode if that's been working for me. But this actually helps me. It's like it's like a diffuser. So it it's ar- aromatic. Mm. So it has like the scent that I really just love to, I don't know, it just like calms me down. It also mm. has this light 
that really just like hmm. rings your your mood and your energy down. Mm-hmm. And with hotel lighting, it gets a little tricky. It's either like too bright, too too low. So I've been traveling with this guy, and it's been really wonderful. It's a little fan diffuser. And it performs without heat or, wa- heat or water, because I guess most diffusers, you need heat or water. And then you put an essential oil in it? Or? Yeah. Okay. Cute. It's really sweet and compact. Yeah. I think it's Whole Foods mm. brand. Mm. It's called Bali Pebble, if you guys are interested. It's USB uh, operated. So, yeah. We are officially in the new year. Happy 2022, everyone. I will not stop saying it because I'm just so excited about this year. Our family did some light goal setting for this year. And one of them is to do more fun activities together as a family. Things that we have not tried yet. One of them being outdoors more and another being more creative at home with different types of projects so we could actually do things that will bond the family. A new year is always a great time to discover new things about ourselves and our interests. And it's just as important for the kids in our lives to make these same discoveries as well. With KiwiCo subscription, your child can discover something new all year long. Kids can discover the engineering and mechanics behind every object, the science and chemistry of cooking, geography and culture from new cultures, and brand new art and design techniques, all through some seriously fun hands-on projects. We just recently did the KiwiCo Marble Timer and it was so much fun for both Chloe and I to do together. Well, she did most of it. I just helped her here and there. We constructed a marble-powered mechanism that helps keep time. We experimented with a timer and designed new paths to help the marbles run faster, slower, and everything in between. Chloe's absolute favorite part was watching the marbles go. Then we used our mechanism to time ourselves while creating colorful dip dye wood art. It was really, really fun. This was Chloe's, I think like 10th crate. I mean, I don't know. We've lost track at this point. We've done so many, but she has really been into science and chemistry. It's actually her favorite subject in school. And this really supported her love for science. We just got the Kiwi Co. astronaut crate, which she's super excited to try next. Your child can get super cool, hands-on science, art, and geography projects delivered to their door every month. They'll be so excited to see these arrive in the mail. The day the box arrives will be their favorite day of the month, I promise. And as a parent, I get it. It can be so hard to find creative ways to keep your children busy and challenged. KiwiCo does a legwork for you so you can spend quality time tackling projects together. There's something for kids of all ages. There's no commitment so you can pause or cancel at any time. Redefine learning with play. Explore hands-on projects that build confidence, creativity, and critical thinking skills all year long. Get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code BUMO at kiwico.com. That's 50% off your first month at kiwico.com. Promo code BUMO. I'm Topsy Bannon-Bosch, a mindset and emotional intelligence coaching consultant and a licensed mental health therapist. It's safe to say that I know a thing or two about how the brain works and how it impacts the decisions that we make in our businesses. And that's exactly why I created my new podcast, 
crush the mindset spiral. Each Thursday, you'll hear my raw thoughts and unfiltered perspective about what it takes to run a successful business, plus the top mindset shifts that you'll need to get to your next level. Make sure to tune in for the premiere episode of Crush the Mindset Spiral. I also wanted to say that my husband and I, we are aware that our kids are in competitive environments. We we go to an academic school. My Our kids have been playing sports since they were little. But I don't know. I hope, I hope that we are self-aware, like we're aware enough to know that it's about having fun. And we, we want it to be about having fun while they're getting better at their skill sets. Mm-hmm. But we hope that, I mean, I hope that our kids know that it's not about the winning. We That's mm-hmm. not really what we want it to be about. If they win, that's great. If they lose, that's also great. I don't know. I hope that that does translate to them. So ultimately, because I think naturally for us as adults, we also tie winning with competition, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's also for us as adults, as grown human beings to unlearn that concept of like, is this fun? Am I enjoying myself? You know, it, what is it all for? Yeah, yeah. because even for me, I'm an Aries, by the way. I don't know if you guys are into horoscopes, but I'm I'm only into my horoscope, by the way. <laughs> Aries is very, very competitive in nature. Oh. Okay. We do things to win. We mm-hmm. don't do things to basically just have fun. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a fire, fire sign, right? Mm-hmm. And so I've also been kind of teaching myself of like, okay, let's just enjoy. What are things that I want to do that I could just enjoy? Because that's what it's all about. It's like, can you walk away from something and say, oh, like I loved how I felt while I was doing that. I was so mm-hmm. focused. I wasn't distracted. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I felt like I was in control of my body. And that's the conversation I have to have now with myself mm-hmm. as a grown human being. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's the same thing with kids too, right? And yeah. for not being about the winning. And I think even when we're playing like a game, like a board game, mm-hmm. right? Everyone's like, I'm going to win. No, I'm going to win. I'm going to win. And it's like, no, we're just here to play a game and it's going to be a fun memory and it's going to be so much fun in the moment. And I don't know if it's like we literally give birth to people that like want to win, right? But it's almost unlearning that, right? And teaching them just enjoy the doing of it. Yeah. So I, I agree with you, Chris, because I do think that even though my kids are playing, you know, competitive soccer or baseball or whatever sport is happening that season or basketball, I hope that it's about building. For example, if they're doing a team sport, I hope that it's really about building a team together mm. because, again, sometimes they will lose, sometimes they will win, but really forging those relationships, right? And like being there for each other and learning discipline, like not, you know, cutting you know, practices because you don't want to go or like you want to do something else and stay home and watch television. So there's definitely a lot of benefits about being in these competitive settings. And, you know, with sports, they're moving, they're running, they're, you know, they're staying healthy and fit and they're off screens. And there's so much about that that is so wonderful. Mm -hmm. I just think it's when we take it to the next level and we make it all about winning. And if you don't win, like what's happening and making the kids feel bad because they're not winning or they're not getting better. Mm-hmm. I just think that that's such a disservice to them. Yeah. And again, it comes down to we feel embarrassed as parents. And I have seen parents like that on the sidelines. And I want to say, why don't you calm down? <laughs> they're 10. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And oh, if you man. don't have anything nice to say, don't say it. You know, and it's, it just, it gets like out of hand very quickly. And I, it just, it's really not necessary, but 
I would like that. I would like it to be about just having fun. And that's actually a good way for them to want to practice more. If you make it about winning and it becomes like a harsh thing, then they're not going to want to do it. Yeah, I agree. And I think, as you mentioned, the benefits, and again, I'm not really quite there yet. There are so many benefits. And honestly, Mm -hmm. one of the reasons why I continue to have Chloe in horse Mm -hmm. at the barn is because everyone that I've talked to in kind of like the sportsman world and also specifically in this scenario in the horse world is that my kids have learned responsibility Mm -hmm. and they become so obsessed with keeping this little animal alive that they, they don't even have time to think about getting themselves in trouble. Like all they care about is, you know, taking care of this like horse and for me naturally I'm like oh okay this is perfect like Chloe's (sighs) gonna stay out of trouble (laughs) distraction I mean that's my own selfish reason um beyond just like her having fun but I think it teaches you discipline I think it teaches you responsibility part of a team yeah Yeah, part of a team on each other yeah or or if they're doing a single sport like horse or golf or something like that like, you know how some of the older girls wear the jacket and they're mm-hmm. part of like a specific barn? Yeah. That's part of the team. Like when they go compete, even though they're competing separately, like individual, they are representing a group of riders. Mm. And I love that. I think that's going to be really fun if the girls eventually compete yeah. with their barn. Yeah. yeah. I think sportsmanship with like your teammate is something super important, yeah. learning how to be a part of a team. Mm-hmm. I didn't even think of it as that way with the the horses because... I really wanted Chloe to experience something where she has to, like soccer or something where she has to actually play with other people Mm -hmm. to make it work. Mm -hmm. But I guess, you know, she has been asking for soccer, actually. So maybe we'll experience that Well, soccer's good, too, because then she'll become a, like, as she runs, her legs get stronger. Mm -hmm. And then that also makes her a better rider. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. another thing where we... We, especially with sports, I mean, we're so deep into sports that another thing that they say is for them to play all kinds of sports, to develop cross, to develop forward, to develop back. They have to kind of be like an overall, it's good to have them develop all kinds of skill sets physically, yeah. not just one skill set. And just so you guys know, I know we have a lot of new parents on here that are listening in. When you commit to a sport, just know that you are committing your time because <sighs> it takes away a lot of weekends. Yeah, It takes away a lot of kind of that extra time you have with your kids. I'm only in one sport, which is riding horses. Mm -hmm. And the girls ride two times, both of them ride two times. So I'm at the barn four times a week. They're on different days. You're very committed. Yeah. And so it's it's a big commitment and you have to kind of follow through with that. So also think about that when you're you're signing your kids up because you kind of have to follow through with yourself as well. So something that I've learned about competition too is to when we talk about reframing is to talk to them about being competitive with themselves. So like if two months ago, you couldn't make a three foot putt, but now you can, you're winning for yourself. Like you've, you've acquired new skill sets because you've practiced and you're becoming a better golfer or a better writer or a better soccer player, right? Instead of competing, competing or comparing yourself to another player. So how do you talk? I want to hear this. Like pretend that I'm 
I'm your oldest, young. Like, how do you talk to him about this? I mean, like that. Like, if he didn't make... Like, so I notice these things. And my husband is also very good at this because he's very involved too. It's like, if he can't make a certain putt, like in a certain distance, we help him practice. And we're like, okay, why don't you work on this? This is what we were working on. And then maybe in three months, he can do it. So then we we praise that. We praise that he can now do that putt mm. that he couldn't do. So we want him to know that he can be competitive with himself. himself. Right. And I think swimmers have that too. Like if you could do the 25 or 50 meter yard in I don't know what it is these days, two minutes, and then maybe in three months you could do it in 145. Like you just shaved off 10 seconds of your, Mm -hmm. you know, of, of that race. So a lot of that. So, you know, like competing, not against your friend, but with yourself, can you cut your time? Can you become a more effective player mm-hmm. and I think that's I think that's part of her framing competition yeah I love that and also totally relatable for parents as well right yeah like we have to always check ourselves and make sure that we are only competing with ourselves mm-hmm. and we're trying to get better not for anyone else not for us to compare ourselves not for our parent ego but it's just really for ourselves and making sure that our kids are healthy and happy we're healthy and happy and yeah I think I think this all relates to both adults and kids yeah they're good lessons they I'm are learning them very, too. isn't it funny how children can teach the adults oh. so many things through the lessons that we're trying to teach them yeah. they're like the best teachers for us they are I always say that I feel like I'm mothering myself as I am mothering my children because I I you know I notice these things yeah right yeah I mean this is a whole nother episode, but I think we all have trauma, like from our childhood. I, You're just perfect. I'm perfect. Yeah, perfect. Parent ego, by the way. Totally. And I, I'm realizing that a lot of times, most parents, we parent without realizing through our trauma, right? Of what we're afraid of, of what things could happen and might happen or might not happen And so I personally have been going through to therapy. I mean, I've always been going through therapy. Like I I just believe in therapy so much, but it's something that I'm working on because I have a lot of fears for the girls. But then what I'm learning is that, no, those are my fears, Mm -hmm. right? Those are my fears that I've experienced and I can't project those fears on the girls, but we could do another episode on just trauma. And so much. so much, so much to unpack here. You know, another thing that 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 also clicked for me to like not be competitive because I am competitive too. Because if you're not winning, then what? You're losing, and that's uh, not fun, right? But if once I understood my kid as like a full child, then you can't treat a full person that way. Like it made sense for me not to treat an adult that way. Why would I treat my kid that way? It's like putting them in situations where they had to prove that they had the skill set. So like once for me, understanding the concept that they're a full child, that they come with everything that they already need, it just made me want to protect them more. Mm. And inevitably that makes me want to slow down putting them in competitive environments Mm. that I think can be damaging to them. So you're talking about like, you're a winner, you're a loser. Like none of, it's not about that. It's just about he or she is a person. Yeah. And, and that's why you should just develop your own skills and develop the things that make you happy and help you grow instead of making it about the trophy and the medal and things like that. Yeah. I mean, I understand the importance of having first place, second place, third place, and last place. But 
I think there's so much emphasis on winning and losing, and, and that's where the problem. Yeah, that's yeah. where the problem is. I think so too. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, thank you guys for listening in to our episode about reframing competition and checking our parent ego. Because I mean, we definitely know that competition is important and it has so many benefits. But at least for me, it was a lot about understanding what was beneficial for my kid and then what was me wanting that for my kids. We will see you guys next week. And if you can, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And if you have any comments about this, we would love to hear from you and see what you think about competition because we know it's real. I mean, we're all thinking about it all day. Yeah. We're like on a, we're like, we're all like vying for college. I get it. I know we are. I mean, so, and if you guys disagree, let us know. Yeah. We, we, we love a little healthy conversation. Yeah, I actually think most parents, a lot of parents might disagree, which is why at the beginning of the episode, I was like, I don't know how people are going to feel about that, yeah. you know? So let us know what you think. You know, you, we are always available on Instagram, um, Chriselle Lim and Mama Son and Bumo Parent. So message us there and we hope to continue this conversation. Bye. Bye. I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode. If you liked it, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It really is the best way to support the show. Also, if you want to see more of us, head over to our Instagram and follow us there at Bumo Parent. And to learn more about Bumo Brain Virtual School, follow us at Bumo Brain or head over to BumoBrain.com. Thank you guys so much for listening and I'll see you guys next week.